Welcome everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike and Victoria. It's always great to be on the edge of the rabbit hole. We end up falling into the rabbit hole during this hour, but, <laughs> but that's okay too. Because <laughs> I'll be down the oh, yeah. Hole well, for you. yeah. If if you're on the edge, you're probably just going to fall right into <laughs> the hole. So we have snacks. Yeah, right, bring, yes. come on down. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, how are you, my friend? Tell us about the new book, Shock and Awe. Oh. I tell you what. First, first thing I want to say about my book, Shock and Awe, is see that you know you look at the picture there. You know, and first one thing you know I could have done this without Mike, and so um, I um you know I just thank Mike so much for for doing you know for bringing me on Honda Road Media and helping me get this published. Uh, myself and my friend Dave Nunley. It's a it's a interview format um, from a, a couple of videos I did a couple of years ago, and so. That's what it looks like. Now, if you look at the, closely at the cover, you see that guy standing there with the thunderstorm. But it's not me. I think it's Mike. It looks, you know, it looks like Mike's phone, not mine. And so, um, but that's okay. Well, it's, because it's, it's, I, not me. Works. <laughs> it's not you. Okay. It's, it's not a me. Stock, it's a stock footage, Mike. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, sure, I use stock footage. They're combined a couple of different uh, stock footage elements to to create the cover and then, of course, do the lettering and everything. Oh, yeah. and, uh, I was I mean, yes, love you know, yeah, I, I asked you what you wanted, and that you know, seems, I mean, from the description you gave me, you know, you it seemed exactly pretty close right. to what you wanted. Oh, you got it exactly right, man. I was just, and then a lot of people have just, you know, hey, that's a really cool cover. Can you um, hold the book back up? Because it looked like there was a face in the clouds. Is that, or am I seeing things? I don't know. I didn't see one. Go up. A little, little higher there. Yeah, like with the lightning bolt there? That almost looks oh, like a profile. Lightning bolt. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe I, a little bit. Like you could get that out of there. Yeah, might be a little matrixing, but I don't think it, I don't think there was supposed to be a uh, face in there. But no. uh, I just cool. want to uh, mention here real quick: there are a couple of super chats. We are we finally have super chats again after a year of not having them. Uh, the first was Nicole, and oh, that's right, I have the option to show here. There we go. Oh. There's uh, Guiding Echoes, Ooh. Nicole. Hey, Nicole, super chat. And then Tammy Heitzman was the Yay. second. So thank you guys very, very much for Yay, the super chats. Absolutely appreciate that. And we have a couple more here. Uh, there's Michelle Hinsdale. Yay, girl. Michelle. And like Chris and everyone. Yeah, Michelle's awesome. Yes, she is. Have a great show. They all are. Yeah. They all are. They all yes. are. And there is Go. Joe Chandler in memory of Tim. Uh, thank you, Joe. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah, we yeah. really miss Tim. Oh, um, yeah. It's uh... and, and yeah, it's, it's sad. Just take take it a second here. You know, before every show, he would come into the chat room early and always put first. I was telling Nicole earlier, yeah, I missed that. It, he didn't get in there early. It was like two in the afternoon. And he oh, yeah, would be I could see that. He was so, I mean, he was just so into all this and he was so supportive of people. Um, yeah. You know, I just, he was, he was a good guy. I liked him. Um and it's like, you know, gosh, he'd seen it, we, you know, and we lost Cat Young this week, too. Yeah, um, yeah. From the, from the Mountain Gypsies. I mean, and Kat, I like Cat. I, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with Cat, but I always liked her whenever I got the chance to talk yeah, to her. Yeah, I, I saw Cat at a lot of different events. Uh, we never really got, you know, too much of a chance mm -hmm. to talk, you know, because they were all, you know, she oh, yeah. and um, Tess were always very busy. And, of course, I was doing my thing. But, you know, they were always very nice to me whenever we, you know, kind of waved and, yeah. you know, said hello 
Yeah, it's been a rough year for the paranormal community. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Hermanson, I don't know if you, you knew him uh, there in Maryland, but uh, Roland Gerodius yeah. uh, last June. Um, so, yeah, Richard, it's a tough year. Richard Rose. Richard passed away. Yeah, lot. Richard Rose. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, this stuff's no joke, you know. Yeah, guys, stay, you know, this is my public service announcement for night. You know, wear your mask and distance and watch and take care of yourselves and each other. It's not just about saving yourself. It's about saving your, your family and your brothers and sisters, all everybody around you. So mm-hmm. please be careful because we've lost too many good people. Oh, yeah. We it's really, been have. A rough week. really have. I mean, I lost two people this week. Mm-hmm. Well, in the last seven days. So yeah. it's. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so here is here is Donna Liska as well. So thank you very much, Donna. Absolutely appreciate that. Glad you all got this on the channel now. Thank you. Uh, thank you all very very much. So, Chris. Uh, so the book, like you were mm-hmm. saying, is basically a it's uh, interviews with yeah. you and Dave Nunley, our our good friend from It's Raining Zen there at uh, Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. And so it's a little bit of a different format than what people are used to. But basically, the interview walks you through your path of becoming Mm -hmm. a shaman. So for for those uh, that are watching right now, you know, what what exactly is a shaman and what is this path that you took? Well, a shaman, I mean, there's so many different ways of practicing shamanism because, you know, just in North America, with the native populations, there's 500 different tribes. And so there's so many different ways. I mean, there's similarities between them, but um, there's a lot of different ways to practice it. And, you know, the word shaman comes from Siberia, actually, and uh, the Siberian shamanic group there. And um, talk about some crazy shamans. You go over there to the Eurasia, and they've got some wild men over there, and women, too. Um, like one guy, um, I was reading a story about one guy who hit, hit himself in the leg with an axe to get to that that uh, point in his mind where he could spirit travel and stuff like that. And so it's, it could be pretty far out there. And I don't use an ax or anything like that, nor do I use ayahuasca <laughs> and that sort of thing. But I do, I do I use my drum. But um, bottom line, a shaman is somebody who works with the powers of the earth uh, to help other people with healing or psychic work or, you know, see, you'd be called more of a seer in that tradition. Um, but we also journey to the spirit world or, you know, we meet with the people in the spirit world to, with the spirit guides or spirit guide animals to find out what we can to help the people around us. Um, in the tribal situation, that, that shaman was the intercessor between between the spirit world and the tribe. And, you know, that, it kept that relationship going um, so that people felt that they were being looked after and that they were getting this information, which they were. This information on how to um, make themselves better health-wise and ceremonially and things like that. So did you um, feel like you were being called to it or just one day you woke up and said, I think I'm going to be a shaman or did you like? Oh, I got called. <laughs> I had, you know, I grew up with very little religious experience. My, I was raised in the Unitarian Church, which is more philosophic it's a secular humanism it's very philosophical but it's nothing to do with the, the supernatural or the the world of spiriting like that or, or anything for that matter that sort of thing i mean they weren't into to um christianity or what now you know they're an offshoot of christianity but they you know they weren't into that sort of thing so i didn't really have any type of idea about these things i knew about the native american history and i was always um felt like it was like such a terrible thing that had happened. 
So I mean, I had that empathy there, but as far as anything else goes, I had, I was basically at that time an agnostic. Um, I, you know, if something's there, but I don't know what it is, I'm not particularly worried about it at this time. Mm-hmm. However, I went, I started going through a period of my life where actually what was happening, I was, my ability as an empath was starting to emerge and I was starting to feel things off of people and what happens with that. And I was, at that time, I was working with kids who were juvenile sex offenders, and um, but they were also victims. And so they were horribly messed up psychologically. And I would feel in, in some of the things that they were talking about and almost I get visual pictures in my head. So basically, I was, I was, you know, our energies were colliding and I was getting these visions or getting these, um, these um, feelings of their emotions. So I got in a real depressed spot and, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And so I knew, but then I realized, you know, during this whole time, something was missing, but I had no idea what it was. Um, something was nagging me. So one day, this is always, I love telling us, Mike's heard this before. It's like, I always blame my wife, Julia, for it because she's the one that said, let's go to powwow. It's said, Julia's fault. It's Julia's fault. <laughs> she loves that too. When I tell her. Luckily she can't hear me, but um, <laughs> no, she knows I say this all the time. So, you know, so, there was, I mean, there was, there was this big powwow in town. It was actually the Powell Nationals. And here we live in this little bitty county in East Central Illinois. And for some reason, they had it there at the county fairgrounds. And so I went there. And it was, I was really getting into it because he had all these different tribes from, you know, all these different nations there. And the regalia, you know, what they dress in is it was just amazing. And the dances were amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. Oh, this is really cool. And so... I, you know, I'm getting into this stuff, and I'm, but now, you know, you know, county fairgrounds, they have other little outlying buildings, too, like for where they show pigs and stuff like that. But in this this one they had, obviously, there weren't any pigs there, because, but anyway, they, they had a drumming thing going on. I could hear it, just real deep and resonant drumming, and, and I'm like, I gotta go check that out. So I walk into this barn, and I found out later there's a, a warrior's dance called a gourd dance that veterans and their sons dance in. Mm-hmm. And I was stood there for a while, and all of a sudden, I could kind of feel something come over me. And I couldn't figure out. All of a sudden, I realized that I had one foot in this world, one foot in the world of spirit. Um, and it was just the most, it's hard to describe, probably the most singular, um, amazing thing that's, that's happened to, that happened to me. Um, I was in a place I'd never been, you know, I, you know, I had a child by then. That was an amazing thing, getting married as many neat cards that they ranked before that. But I was just telling me, I was expecting those things. This, I had no expectations whatsoever what was going to happen. I didn't watch dances with wolves or Thunderheart. And so I would be medicine, man. I had no, nothing, you know, this was before that. And, you know, and I was scared to death. It scared me. I said, what the hell is this? And so, I mean, I didn't smoke any weed or drink or anything. This is pretty wild. And um, so I walked out of there and I said, I've got to figure this out because I have no idea what's going on. And I walked over to the vendors and, and you know, like Mike, you know, I'm going to go look for a book. And so, um, I, you know, I probably realized I probably could have asked one of the elders, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that. There were attendants in the native elders, but. I went and I grabbed this book. I just looked at it. You know, my heart tells me this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, and I, I look at these books and I see one and it speaks to me. It's like, okay, this is it right here. I don't know why, but I'm taking this book. This is the book I'm going to get. So I get the book, I pay for it. Um, I don't say too much about it, you know, to jewelry or anything like that because I'm still kind of weirded out. I'm like, you know, I'm really interested in this. I want to read this book. So I told her. So 
It's called Black Elk Speaks uh, by John. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Lakota Medicine Man, Sue, um, mm-hmm. and talks about, you know, the, the tri- times of the tribe at that time. He was, it was, he was, yeah, he did this interview in 1932. And so he lived to be ni- until 1950s, like almost 100 years old. But oh. he tells a story about becoming, he tells all the tales about the stories about how the, the Sioux medicine tradition started. He talks about his, his own journey, his own invitation, where he has this amazing vision. And he becomes very ill as a child and has this vision of all these horses and all the different colors of the four other directions and um, about his medicine power, what his medicine power would be. And he comes back and they reenact the dance of the horses. But this is how I figured out was going on. So I'm reading about all these things. And I'm like, something's just like, in, you know, this is pulling at me. You got to do something about this. So, um, so you know, in, in Lakota tradition, they play play with the pipe, you know, the Tichinupa. And I'm like, wow, it'd be really cool to go smoke the pipe with somebody. That's, you know, so that's, you know, you, and I was, you know, was into us coming out. I said, I put that out to the universe. And a couple months later, I'm reading this magazine out of Chicago, Monthly Aspectarian. It had all new age stuff in it. And I was looking at events. It says, Pipe Circle, it was, one of the, it was one of the southern burbs of Chicago. I'm like, so I, it gives a number. We're having a pipe circle. So I call them up. Can I come to your pipe circle? And they say, yeah, come on up. And it starts. And I meet my first teacher. And it goes on from there. So did you read Way of the Shaman? <laughs> I did. My partner, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's core shamanism. Yeah. Um, if I teach shamanism, that's generally what I teach mm-hmm. is the core stuff. Um, I don't teach... I don't do ceremonies. I don't teach ceremonies and things like that. I don't. I, mean, I started in Lakota Path. I did that for like six years, and then I went to the Sasiwas Medicine, which means sacred breath, and that's from the Pacific Northwest. And actually, there's a local circle here. So, see, I, I started reading that. I'm sorry. I started reading that book, and I also had the um, animal medicine cards. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. Who didn't? Oh yeah. <laughs> but. Um, I just had this feeling I wasn't supposed to be, this was information I wasn't supposed to know, right? Mm-hmm. I just felt so stalker-like, not like Billy Doran or Paul Goldschmidt. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's you guys, never you happened. Guys, well, you guys want to know the story of that. I'm just marking it. Yeah, that was a little uh, before the show inside. Yeah, you. yeah. I swear I'm not kidding. Baseball when we references. Yeah. When, we, when we moved into this house um, last year, about this time last year, we were unloading, and this man jogs by and goes, it was Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> it was. I'm like, oh, my God, there he is. You know? Anyway, I totally lost my train. Oh, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be um, mm-hmm. knowing this information because all my friends were like, well, you can't you can't read this. You have to be Native American. You, you can't do this. And right. that's just the way they left it. And so I'm like, okay. And is that not a thing, or, or it is a is, thing? Um, no, not that you can't. Or? Not that you can't. It's a, but people have that conception. Yeah, there was um, like such a reverence. I wasn't supposed to be playing with them. You know, and the right. birds are beautiful. I love oh, them. Yeah. Even if they They're speak like, to you, I mean, I do tarot sometimes. I use a Native American tarot deck. Now, I, I've got I'm like five percent Central American, South American Indians. Like that's only blood I have. Um, but I, you know, I'm one eight. <laughs> For a while, I worried about it. You know, I really did, and about being white and doing it because I do believe I, you know, I don't believe in cultural appropriation and things like that. So I'm always real careful. I'm always real careful about how I present myself. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to say, okay, I didn't ask for this. 
I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch some movie or read some book and think this was cool. Um, I mean, I was getting ready when this happened, I was getting ready to take the law school admission test. I was going to go to law school. And, um, after this happened, that wasn't going to go, that wasn't going to work. Um, I like it, but it, it like, and I was invited and I didn't ask for it. And, you know, so it, I would be an insult if I didn't follow the path. Um, now, did you, did you have a mentor? I mean, are you just kind I've of, several, I've had several okay. mentors. Yeah. Um, I had met my first pipe, uh, my first teacher who was actually a female pipe teacher, Claudia. But then I also met, and you, you know, uh -oh. well, I'm not a big believer in what you should, oh, we lost you, know, for a second. you should learn from his name. You can't. You lost me for a second? Yeah. No. Yeah, just for a second. Anyway, no. Okay. Um, and then I met other people. Like I met um, Jim Gillahan, who's the, the keeper of Sitting Bowl's pipe. Um, and I got really? I got to smoke Sitting Bowl's actual pipe. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was that, that was cool. I mean, that's one of those things like, you know, spirit puts you in the right place at the right time and it happens. Um, so, yeah, I've had several mentors now because we where I live now in Godfield, Illinois, it's right next to Alton, which is where Mike references there at the uh, Middle Springs, which is right across from St. Louis. And this is where I'm from, where Julie and I are both from. And so we, when, I, when this all happened, I live, you know, four hours away from where I am now. Which is probably good because I didn't need the outside distraction. Because my never, my mother was never happy with this whole thing. She wanted mm -hmm. me to go to law school. Um, so when you carry the pipe, I mean, I always felt kind of self-conscious about that. I mean, I loved the path, I loved it, um, but you know, I didn't want people to have an excuse to discount what I was doing. Part of me was like that, and I also felt like. Um, whether I learned so much and it really got me going, it's, I, you know, I was probably better off doing something, you know, being in a different tradition. So if we moved back here, I had given that a lot of thought and thought, well, maybe it's time for a change. And so this is, you know, we start thinking things like that and all of a sudden in, in spirit knows that's true. Um, so I'm flipping through the paper and said this, um, they're having a gathering at the Southern Illinois University of Arizona, which is like 20 minutes from my house. Johnny Moses, and this is Seagulls Medicine Tradition, uh, Pacific Northwest Coast dance songs, that's kind of stuff. So I'm going to go down to that. That sounds cool. So I did I go down and meet Johnny and, and the members of Greg Fields and some of the other folks of the, the Red Cedar Circle of Southwestern Illinois. And after a while, I became, I started following that tradition, took the strict vows, and then um, went through that for a while. And then I kind of settled into my, my path now. And, it, and that, it's more, it's not so much based on ceremony and things like that it's um i mean we do we do we do have circles and things like that but i don't it's an open circle so we can do what um pretty much what we want um and this this is a tradition that was shared with people of all races since 1920 as originally put together because in the northwest you have tribes everywhere that's right it's like a joke, you know, it's like this the creator was putting tribes out and just dumped his bag at the Pacific Northwest <laughs> because, you know, there's just so many of us, but they had to figure out a way to meet together, you know, because you want to keep the peace. And so this is an intertribal thing. Um, it's not just, it's no medicine secrets from any tribes. Um, it's not, you know, it's, there's no sacred ceremonies that you can't share with everybody. Um, I mean, there are those in their different tribes, but not in this. So I, this is what really appealed to me about. And um, I do, you know, specific, you know, some specific stuff, some Cecilia stuff. But to me, it was a more open thing, and, and I could be, I'm pretty eclectic anyway, so that kind of, it, it fit me better. 
Um, and, and also that way I didn't have to worry so much. And I, my spirit was comfortable. My spirit guys were comfortable with I was comfortable with it. Um, they welcomed me um, with open arms. And so it's been a good match ever since. Um, but yeah, and, and Johnny Moses, Johnny's my teacher in that, in the tradition. And um, Johnny liked the book, by the way, because, you know, it's my. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, I mean, there's a part in there about Johnny and a picture of Johnny and I. And, um, but yeah, he was yeah, pleased. Uh, again, here's the book, Shock and Awe. And there is a link down in the description uh, to go ahead and pick that up. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Get on hard. You can get a paperback or on Kindle. There you go. There you go. Uh, there. There was a, a question in the chat earlier on from uh, Joe Chandler. Mm-hmm. So is a medicine woman and a shaman the same thing? Um, yeah, I mean, in, yeah, in the definition, I mean, if you use a medicine, because medicine person and shaman are basically the same thing. Um, your medicine is is what your, your will is. That's what your gift is. Um, you could be a shaman and be totally into plants or, or be a medicine person, be like a Pashuta uh, medicine person, Pashuta meaning plant in Lakota. Um, but yeah, I mean, a medicine man, medicine woman, shaman, it, it, there's a lot of different ways. There's labels for, for these different things. Um, you know, in, in the Mexican tribes, it was um, uh, curandero, was our curandera, just depended on the, you know, the the gender there. Um, so there's different labels. It's what you do is, is what tells what you are. Um, but yeah, the word medicine woman or medicine man, um, shaman, curandero, curandero, whatever, you know, it all works the same. It's just um, different ways to describe the same thing. Yeah, so, awesome. I have a silly question kind of. Um, no, so how question. do you find your, oh, it's a whole picture of me. No, <laughs> I'm not used to that. Um, how do you find a totem animal? I mean, I have animals that I I can relate to. I mean, is that how you find it, or does it come to you in a dream, or is it just something you do instinctively know? All of the above. Um, they come in very <laughs> I'm telling you, there's, there's all sorts of different ways it comes. Um, you can dream about them. You can uh, journey or spirit travel. And see, meet them there. That's where I met my bear totem, um, which is my healing animal, spirit animal. Um, Can you have more than one? I mean, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, but my first was the hawk, um, which is my seer. I mean, the first thing, first work I ever did on my shamanic training and all that stuff was I did psychic work. Um, read the cards in a coffee shop um, in Kankakee, Illinois. Um, and, but anyway, I mean, um, it can come that way. I always tell people too, um, watch the animals around you that are around they're in your area and see what, if you keep running into the same animal a lot. Please don't tell me cats are mine. <laughs> no, 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 not, nothing domesticated. No. <laughs> okay. Now these are some wild animals we have here. Okay. That's good. <laughs> but, um, and not your cats. So not your total animals. Right. No, no cats, no cats, no dogs, no parakeets. Um, cockatiel coming from the wild. <laughs> okay. yeah, wild so, so, Chris, what are the things that you do? You do the drum circles, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, something that uh, you actually will uh, do there at Mineral Springs. You, you've taught drumming. We've had you there at the Hunter Media Paracon doing drum mm-hmm. circles down in the 
the bowels of uh, oh, yeah. of the old uh, hotel, which is you know absolutely amazing, especially down there in that basement where there's so much energy. So I do have a clip here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have a clip here of this is a sneak peek for you guys because this is actually a part of the Shadow Dimension documentary. Oh, cool. so I, I haven't seen I haven't seen this either. So yeah, no, you have not seen this. Um, but this this is what we did last what was that November. Yeah, yeah, those November we got together. November, okay. I thought it was October. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was around. I think it was very beginning of November. Yeah, that's Uh, right. In any case, yeah, yeah. So you haven't seen this yet, and I hope everybody caught the uh, the trailer from uh, earlier today. Mm -hmm. So where is this thing? Um, Sorry, we're using new software, so I'm trying to find where this is at. That's not it. Is it here? I like reading the chat. I can keep up with it. Now. Here we go. I found it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Start with something slow, then we can move on to something faster after that. Right. Um, and, and the idea is that we're trying to connect with spirit almost to put us in a trance like state. Mm-hmm. Outside the place, Mike and I are here to start talk with you. We are here to respect you. We come here with all honor. Oh, all right. Don't stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Chris does go on for a little bit after that, but you know, you're paying your your respects after having mm-hmm. uh, right. done the drumming. Yeah. Yeah. The song is, you know, the the spirits respond to the, to the drumming and the singing. Now there are native spirits. Um, they're not obviously not germane to the mineral springs itself, but to the land. Um, we have seen native um, apparitions, appar- not apparitions, but it's native shadows. It just you know you, you know who they are. Um, they have a feel to them that um, that they're curious about what you're doing. You know, why is this white guy um, sitting here drumming and singing? But they respond to that respect, um, and they know if you put out there that hey, this is this is for you. Um, we honor you. We want to hear your story. We want you to feel comfortable with us. And it's there they respond. Um, Hinsdale House, I mean, they've responded to a lot of different places. They've responded very, very um, positively to that because it's done with respect and it's not a paid ceremony or something like that. You know, you just, um, you're just there to honor them and to, well, you tell them, be say, you know, we don't want to take anything from you. We want to learn, you know, we want to learn from you. You know, we, our, our people took enough from you. And so we just want to acknowledge that and we want to hear your story. So when you were singing, yeah. 
Is that an actual language you were doing, or are we more of channeling? That is, um, gosh, one of the dialects. There's so many dialects. That might be coastal Salish. Ihaechka means thank you. Sisasiem, that which is greatest. Thank you, Creator. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, and and when you do that, you know, when you know, for those that were watching, you saw my eyes close, and I was just mm -hmm. trying to feel the energy, and you know, that it sets a certain vibration into the air and where we were at right there at right by that old cistern where it just goes right into the bowels of the earth and uh you know so uh, and we had done the uh, uh the dowsing rods over there and so we we had actually you know, detected that hey all the energy is like coming right from that hole and so yeah. I, I don't know if you recall uh, what we were feeling that time, but I know you've been down there so many times mm -hmm. doing uh, drum circles. You know, what is that energy like down there once you've, I guess, before and then after you've done the drumming? You know what I find? Sometimes before it can be kind of foreboding. Um, it feels kind of weird down there. But a lot of times when you have to do this, the energy seems to change, seems to switch up. Um, it feels lighter, but it still feels, you feel a lot of energy, but it tends to be much uh, more of the light. Um, the cistern where the mineral spring was, um, more and more, I wasn't so sure about it. I've been doing it, I've been doing there for years like you have. It's, I think more and more I'm starting to feel that's where stuff comes and goes from. Um, but yeah, it just, but it seems to make the, you see, when you bring in the good spirits, the ones who aren't, you know, who are straight up and they're powerful, um, it tends to get the dark guys to settle down. They don't much care for that. So, um, it, it does. It means to me, it brings a resonance that is very holy. It's very pure. Um, and it tends to, you know, to bring out spirits that are more positive and interested in what you're doing. And, and the ones who are, would be darker tend to screw into the corners until, you know, you're finished and, and gone. So there's a balance. Yeah, there is a balance. Right. That, that place is about balance. I mean, there's, it's, if you ever get a chance to investigate the Mineral Springs, do so, um, because it's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting place. I'm looking forward to going someday. Someday. Good <laughs> oh, you would love it, Victoria. I mean, yeah. you have you know, five levels of this building, and every level has its own energy. And even, yeah. like, on the same level, from room to room, you, you get different energy there. So, yeah. yeah, definitely a fascinating place. And it's raining um, Zen. I've heard about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's raining Zen. So big plug there for, for yes. Dave and Donna. Yes. Stones. My, Stones. My, my friends. <laughs> they're our friends. Good folks. Um, Do you have a uh, question down here in the chat from Betty Lange? Uh, yeah. These grand old folks. Uh, what defines a shaman? What duties does a shaman perform? Um, what defines a shaman, uh, Betty, is... Um, you know, like I think when we started the show, we talked a little bit about um, a shaman. What basically a shaman can do um, is that can they work with the elements? Can they work with the spirits? Can they journey? Now, when I, I keep using the word journey, what I mean by doing that is that, and this is another thing that defines a shaman, is when you, in my case, I do drumming to journey. Some people use ayahuasca, some people use Grandfather Peyote, um, all these other different ways, hitting yourself in the leg with an axe. You know, there's, there's different methodologies. But the, however you do it is you go to the, that place between us and the spirit world and you meet with the, with the 
spirit guides there, spirit animals there, and be able to get that information and bring it back. Um, that's the that's one of the biggest things right there. If you can if you can perform that, and and in a way that is very helpful, people can do it personally. That's fine. Um, but I think too, it's it's the reliance people have on you to do what you do. Um, oftentimes, you know, you know, I mean, I do healing work too. So I do journeying, I do healing work, I do um, seer work, which is psychic work. All those things are thrown together pretty much would define somebody who does shaman or a shaman. Um, these are looked up to by the community and the tribal societies of shamans are the one that leads the, the ceremonies. Um, they're the ones that help that help people um, define their visions. And that's a big part of what I do is, is to work with people to help them find their spiritual path. Um, to me, that's a big part. Of, of doing what I do, uh, not just to gain, you know, gain my own personal power, but to be able to um, help other people inter interpret their dreams and visions to help them along on their way. Um, but, they, you know, they, so you, your person usually have many hats. Um, now, in some traditions, belts depends on traditions. Some traditions you, um, in the, the Navajo, the Diné, they have sort of a different hierarchy kind of, you have somebody they call a hand trembler, and they're they're kind of shaman in the way that they're like medical intuitives. So if somebody's sick, they send the hand trembler first, and he he or she does their thing, and they say, okay, this is what need this person needs, and they go to the to the shaman, which is the hatali, and they know what's and then in Navajo ceremonies are called sings, and you get this certain ceremony. Um, if you've been out amongst the Belagana, the white people too much, and you come back, or with, if you've been to war. You get like a the um, so it's a ceremony that um, it's like a blessing way ceremony. It brings you back into the the womb of the, into the you know with the people again back into household, which is um, becoming balanced and and with your life. Um, if you've been around a dead a dead person, and you get a ghost way ceremony. It's just you know, but it depends upon the. The, the tribe or the, the culture and what they need and what they define what a shaman is and does. So there's different ways, but basically what I kind of explained is I think pretty much at the, the heart of it. But a good question. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Chris, because you're, you're right there by Cahokia. I know you've done some work down there. Mm -hmm. What are these ancient sites oh. like this mean for the energy of the area? And how do you work with that as a shaman? Um, wow, I just appreciate Cahokia, that's what I do. Um, I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of like sacred ground in a way, and um, I even, nonetheless, I think I only did one, one kind of ceremony there one time. Um, I don't go out of my way to do it. I like to go out there and just walk and commune with the old ones, and there's certain places that are very energetic. I mean, it's rejuvenating shamanically or, or spiritually for me to, to visit someplace like that. Um, and they don't encourage uh, some of the things that, you know, Mike and I have talked about um, going to Serpent sometime, which I still want to do, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you get up on top of Monk's Mound, which is the highest one. That's sort the of ceremonial place. And it's, it's just incredible, the energy. And it's just, it's a good place to just kind of, if you can, like close your eyes and just feel it and meditate to it for a bit. I mean, usually there's a lot of people around, but and just take it in and just realize what, what kind of place that was. These places, 
the natives picked places that had energy to them. They knew they, you know, if you live in, in, and if you're aware of the land and you have that relationship with the land, you know, you can feel where energetic places are. And these types of places usually have that type of energy. Sometimes they have vortices around um, the place. And there's, there's several at Cahokia. Um, this was a this was a actually a city. It's called the City of the Sun, I believe. Okay, because I, I did I worked in archaeology for a few years. The place not too far from there, but um, they had almost twenty thousand people there because people were in you know people were attracted to that type of mojo. They had something going. Um, the mound builders did, which came up out of Central America and Mexico into the Southwest United States, and then up you know into Ohio eventually, I believe. Uh, yeah, we have quite a few earthworks yeah. around here. Yeah, yeah. and so um, they um, it attracted people. Attract people attracted to the energy to what they were doing. What happens though? It's not sustainable. Um, when the when when Cahokia broke up, I mean, there was they, they can't figure out exactly what happened. <clears throat> but part of it was that they um, you could go for seven miles in every direction, from what I understand, and not find a, a standing tree. After a while, I mean, you didn't have cars, you didn't have logging trucks, you had to carry, you know, and drag the stuff around. So you use wood for everything in your life. Yeah, so they exhausted their resources. Yeah, exhausted their resources. And that was part of it. And that probably started some sort of political thing. And they just broke right. And we don't even know what tribe there they are, what they were, where they went um, exactly. By the time any of the French people, the explorers got here, that they were gone. Either the native yeah. the tribes that were here, they lined out, they knew who they were. They just knew they were gone. So, it's, but they we have a, uh, a $5 super chat here from Joy. She says, Great guest. Thanks for this show Thank every you. week. So, yeah. Thank you, Joy. Thank you very much, Joy. Can I ask you? Uh, speaking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save the. Oh, the, no, it was a ahead, drum Victoria. question circle. Um, they do drum circles um, in Galveston every now and then out on the seawall. And when the ocean's coming in, that just has this this, this strange vibe, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a but, cool vibe. Yeah, it's it's cool, but it's weird, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's not a healing feeling. Oh, it does, you know, drum circles. I mean, not all drum circles are um, ceremonial or spiritual in nature. I mean, they're more spiritual, but. Um, that has more of a C and B scene feel. Yeah. But when we have one, um, there's a Renaissance festival, and I saw Jill's question. I think it was that went by earlier, um, not too far from Austin. It should be coming up soon. When we do a drum circle, it's called the Seven Sisters. It's Seven Standing Stones, and we do a drum circle there. That has the most mystical and magical feeling. In fact, we even had a Viking funeral there um, two years ago. Someone had passed right before yeah. we opened. And so, I mean, it was so moving. It was so dramatic. And the pictures I took in the in the sparks and the flames during the mm-hmm. um, the funeral, you could actually see things like birds in there. And there was like a figure of a woman and all this oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So would, wherever you're holding a drum circle, would that have like a different take? I mean, do you go to different places to do different things? Yeah, I mean, in those things, I mean, it's anytime you get people together who are there, for good purpose and her drumming or rat, you know, using the rattles and things like that, all sorts of magic things can happen. It, even with a lot of times without even intending it to happen. Um, it just seems to bring that out in the, the spirits of land and in the people who are, the, who are doing the drumming. Even if you've just picked up a drum for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, it does something to you. And 
it's just a, it's just a cool experience just by itself. I mean, whether you have ceremonial intent or not, it, it like takes you somewhere else. You're not there anymore. Oh, but yeah. it's like the one in Galveston, it's a scene, be seen. It's a cool thing. Look at me. I'm yeah. in a drum circle. Yeah. yeah. And some of them get, I don't, <laughs> we used to have one at the Mineral Springs. I quit going. I don't think they're doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local musician drummers would show up and kind of take over. And to me, and which is cool. I mean, and some if people like that, I'm fine with that. Doesn't mean I, I disagreed with it. I just wasn't right. my thing. Um, but to me, uh, my favorite ones where you just sit there and you start everybody got this group of people. You get your drums and you start going, and it just takes a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. And then it spreads, and you know, and then all of a sudden we'll go to a different, you know, a different beat and, and whatnot and tempo, and it just it just it just lives on its own. And you get so engrossed in it. It's like almost like a, it's really it's a meditation. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. And your, yeah. mind, your mind just comes so focused on the drum and whatnot. You, you shut up your monkey mind yapping at you about, you know, mm-hmm. what you're going to get at the grocery store. I got to do this work tomorrow. All that stuff goes, just melts yeah. away. Yeah, it resonates. It, it, you know, like you can feel it in your chest. So it's like it's part of you then all of a sudden. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Back to you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm here reporting at the frozen. No. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Victoria's a little chilly. She has no heat right now. And yeah, we're we're both down to three inches of snow, so we're good. It's a Houston thing. Yeah, I know. I don't even live in Houston. (laughs) Yeah, nearby. North. Yeah. uh, A question here from uh, Auntie Coco: Have you ever been to Sedona, and if so, have you visited the vortices? No, I have not. Um, Good question. You know, I and Mike knows this about. I'm not a huge traveler. Um, Right. I I read about one time. I mean, that some of the older guys and, and some of the older um, shaman and whatnot, medicine people, if they left home, they didn't stay gone very long. Um, so I have never been in a situation where I've traveled a whole lot. Now I do want to get down there. I do want to go to Arizona sometime. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. This is going to shock a lot of people. I know this. I saw an ocean for the first time this year. For the very first time, I'd see Lake Michigan, so I'd seen big bodies of water. But you know, I live right in the middle of the United States, and I just never, when I was young, we never, my, you know, my my parents didn't have enough money to go traveling and stuff like that. And when I was, you know, younger and whatnot, I've been in social service all my life, and so I've never had a bunch of money, and I just spent, you know, so um, probably, you know, now. I mean, when I did that, I went down to, um, I went to Savannah, Georgia, because I went down to film some stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just you know, I and yeah, that's cool. I mean, I want to go down a go place like that, you know, and do the vortices. And um, but you know what? You find vortices in the in the, some of the most mundane places. When I used to live in in uh, eastern Illinois, it was, we were where I walked down the street, and there was one in the middle of a sidewalk, just, just doing its thing. The only thing odd about it is what every other house, you know, there's all these houses. It's a it's a it's a neighborhood. This is the only empty lot. In the whole neighborhood, <laughs> where, where this vortex was, and so, but yeah, you find them in the weirdest places. Um, I did. A, I had to help a lady one time. She couldn't sleep. You know, she was having problems with her husband, and she was an artist. And her creativity was, was shot, and this, that, and the other. So at first, she thought she was, you know, had an attachment or something like that of a, of a spirit. So I went and did that kind of study healing. We're thinking, there's something more to this. So I went outside. Walked around the back of her house and I felt a vortex. I mean, was, this thing was raging. I was like getting, you know, I could feel like ants crawling on my, you know, it was like energy flowing through you. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. I got to the edge of the house and it was still going. So I went back in, went back to where it was in the house. It was halfway in the house, right where she slept. Uh And so I'm like, this is your problem. So she ended up moving um, from, it was like in in, um, Gillespie, Illinois. I don't know if you remember that, where that is. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with where that's at. Yeah, yeah, and so, which is, you know, it's country. She moved over to Portage to Sioux, which is... um, Right on the Mississippi River house. I work Mississippi River. It's a great place. I've been out there two or three times. And um, it's, you know, and she's 100% better. But it's not, they're meant to be visited and meditate with, not sleep in, uh, you know, in my, yeah. my experience. <laughs> but yeah, they're cool, though. I, I think it's a good Look, question, Carl. Yeah, let me ask you this since we were on the topic of, of vortices here, because this is something that, you know, I've been researching mm-hmm. a lot lately. It's one of the reasons why. I, I picked Mineral Springs was because that is you're right there on the Mississippi River. You know, Alton is you know, very haunted town. You got yeah. the limestone bluffs there. Of course, you have the you know the open cistern into the ground. We we talk about you know a, a possible you know vortex there. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about what the portal potty in the bathroom, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> so as a shaman, um, you know, do you? you know, specifically seek out these type of locations to perhaps, you know, channel that energy? You know, do you find yourself utilizing it? Because, you know, again, you know, right there by Cahokia, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a wonderful area right there around Alton for this oh, yeah. energy. So do you find yourself, you know, utilizing that? Sure. Um, there's a area of woods, not too far, it's up on the bluffs, actually, it overlooks the river. It's called the Nature Institutes in Godfrey, uh, where my town I live in. And it is an amazing place. I mean, there is, I used to take my classes out there just to feel what energy really was. Um, and it's in, it's in the woods, it's in nature, which is really makes it even better for me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's energy there, there's, there's a vortex or two. Um, you'll go down there and they have like these little valleys in there so where the creeks run and stuff. So you got this forest and it dips down these little valleys. And you look down there, this has happened more than once. I've looked down there and you, it's like a, a dry day. There's no, you know, there's no real big humidity. It's a spring day and there'll be a fog down there. It's like, no, meteorologically, there's no fog down there. It's actual, it's actual energy. And that's actually something that shamans do do is seek out play power places like that is a way to go re-energize and to um, meditate, spirit travel, um, just communicate with the elementals, um, whatever, you know, there's a lot of elementals out there. Those are small beings of the spirit um, that will interact with some people say it would call my fairies and things like that. So, but yeah, that's, that's a very powerful place. And yeah, I do, you do seek those out. I seek those out. Um, oh, there's definitely, uh, I, I believe you know, paranormal around that area. Oh, yeah. broke up there. Okay. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Okay. Yeah, I started talking because it, it sounded like you had paused, but I guess your your feed broke up. Oh, no, I was talking. I'm always talking. You know what I mean. <laughs> Somebody told me to shut up. Um, no, I was just commenting that there are a lot of, I believe, a lot of theories in the area. I, I, that's yeah, I mean, sure. um, now in, in, in haunts and in, in haunted buildings, they tend to draw all sorts of things. Um, shadow people, um, which I know you've been doing a lot of work with, and that's what you and I talked about. I'm not on the video, um, they see places of power. That's easier to manifest, be, do what they do. Um, there's a, 
we've seen it, you know, there's the Mineral Springs, uh, the Ferrar School in Iowa. Now, most places it's haunted, you don't, there's no reason for it to be haunted, except it's on sacred ground. It's very energetic, and there's a big shadow person in there. Um, that's been seen right. several times. Um, so, yeah, they, they're drawn to places, you know, power like Mineral Springs, or you know, all, all these places you would see that sort of thing. Um, I don't know why certain things manifest. I mean, usually in the in the woods in those types of areas, you tend to get the Native American spirits and the, and the elemental spirits. Of course, they were they were well known to each other, so they tend to come pop up in the same places. Um, yeah, you mentioned Hinsdale earlier, and that's mm-hmm. certainly a place that has that. that yeah, you went out there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We saw um, some fascinating things out there. Oh, you do. Uh, and you know what? The house is haunted as hell. I'm never in the house. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, yeah. The, when I was there a year and a half ago, some mild activity in the house, but you know, the the more significant things were happening outside oh, yeah. on the grounds and in it's, the woods. It's off the yeah. chain. I, you know, I first time I went there, um, we started a drum, we did like a drum prayer, like you and I did, did exactly like you and I did, and did my thing about talking to the spirits and preparing everybody who's going to investigate. I know how to go about it and how to respect the elders, and um, so you know the drumming and then all of a sudden we you know we were done two minutes later we heard drumming coming from the hills it wasn't an echo those drums i've heard Mm -hmm. those drums yep and um we're you know we were kind of we're talking with spirits we were trying to get hold of puckwaji that little elemental that runs around up in there and um got some kind you know dan class the owner he has a um, geoport it was it said puckwaji twice different times and we had this real weird singing. I'm like, that's got to be it. That's got to be something. It was just really odd. We were going to go back up the hill. And, you know, we had already been up the hill. Once we go back up and something growled. And we kind of look at each other. And the guys goes, Chris, what do you think? I said, dude, that's, uh, that means we have to stay where we're at. We can go anywhere but up that hill right now. And uh, are, we did. Are there neighbors around there? Or is there anything no. around there? Nope. Huh. Too far away. Yeah, they're they're a little ways off. Yeah, mm-hmm. you go past some house, and once you get, you know, you probably go by a mile for you. Oh, between neighbors and the house, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's um, I've been out there twice, and there's something in the water in that pond, and there's all sorts of. Things. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, he told me so about a question that. here <laughs> from uh, deconstructing fear. Is there any preparation you have to do or whomever you might be with need to do prior to a drum session in order to get the most out of it? Um, good question. I think if, you know, the main thing of being in drum in a drum circle, something like this, be totally present. Um, one thing, this is one thing I teach. I learned this um, from one of my teachers that um, actually there's a book you can read about this this particular thing and it's called fool's curl wisdom and power by thomas males and it describes this thing's called becoming a hollow bone this is what frank fool's curl taught people and fool's curl is one of the most amazing medicine men you know he's a he was a wakan holy man you know what joshua wakan holy man and he um he would teach this in fool's curl is one of these people he's the one that gave jim gillahan um Sitting Bull's Pipe, um, Fool's Crow had been the keeper of that and gave it to Jim. Um, but Fool's Crow used to talk about becoming a hollow bone. What that basically amounts to is that you um, do seven deep breaths, bring in energy through your bottom of your feet through, through Mother Earth in a manka. And then, so you get that swirling around and you, you got this energy going. And then when that's 
flowing. You ask Father Sky to Kashiwa to send energy down the top, to the top of your head with crown chakra for everybody who does Reiki and stuff like that, same thing. Comes down through there and they intermingle, which is balance, you know, masculine and feminine energies. And then you picture in your head, you know, first you got, if you feel any place in your body where the energy is not flowing through you, pick it up and fling it towards the sky and let spirit take care of it. So it's flowing all through you and you're still breathing and you're focused on those energy flowing through you. Then in your mind, you picture somebody that you really, it's very close to your family that needs healing or needs encouragement and you send them that energy. You're not, it's not your energy, it's flowing through the, through the sky and the earth. So it's just always going. And then you picture somebody in your community, maybe somebody you saw today that's homeless or needs hungry, and you send them the, the blessings of prayers, that energy. And in your mind, you see like white energy, however you want to see it, flowing into that person. And you look at the whole world and pick somebody out or some people in the world and send them healing energy if they need it. And once you've done that, you become a hollow bone and you're totally present. I can I try to do that before I do healing work, psychic work, anything. It's like your basic stance in any martial art because you're totally into it, you're totally focused, and you're ready for it. And you're not worried about it. The rest of the world falls off. You know, you're there. And that makes it really work. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. You can tell I get into you. Yeah, that really <laughs> that's one of my favorites. All right. Yeah, I walk, I walk, walk, yeah every once in a while, a little glitch. For the most I don't know, because I've got, I've got charter and everything, but it's, I don't know. I'm not kind of it's, well, I mean, it's just Mercury. winter weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Victoria's no. going to say Mercury retrograde. I'm going to say, you know, the nation has been, you know, wrecked by the winter weather. Okay. Hell froze over here. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or, or was it Mercury that caused the winter weather? Oh. So many comments I could make right now. But no. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a question here from Sarah Youssef. We are getting down toward the end of the show. A couple more minutes here. But uh, Sarah asked, do you feel as a shaman that your purpose is to keep the balance between realms? Hmm. That's a big job. Um, yeah, I mean, you have, to, you have to stay balanced between the realms. That's, that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, because you can go, you have to stay in balance. You have to keep. You're totally in the muggle world all the time. The Toltec, the, the tonal is the world of this reality, but then you have the spirit world, which is in the Nawal. Nawal. Um, so yeah, but you're kind of straddling both, and so you got to keep. But you got to keep a balance. You go too far in the spirit, you're drifting around. And if you get too much over here, you're so grounded, you you, you don't you forgot you forget about spirit, you know, and so you're you're out of that. So you got to kind of you got to stay grounded with one foot in this world and one foot in the other world, and sometimes you're required to bring balance to a situation. Uh, and I said I've seen this in um, in on you know in uh, paranormal investigations where you've had this this something's tripped in the in the atmosphere and you have to to bring it back. Um, I had a friend of mine one time I was investigating with him real quick. He had told the spirit, "Yeah, go ahead and take some of my energy, go and try to manifest or talk into the, the EVP." So. Um, they had to haul him out of there, and I found him wandering around the parking lot, and he was so off in the spirit, I had to, you know, put some energy and bring him back, and, um, but yeah, you got to bring, you know, you know, not just, you know, you have to bring other people back in the balance, you got to keep yourself in balance, and sometimes you got, if you do a house, you're bringing back it back into balance, and so it's person, place, and thing. 
um, that you have to, to keep the balance? That's a good question. I've never been asked that before. That's a good question. So you're, you're more of a conduit where things just flow through? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. I guess a good way to put it. I mean, I have my own kind of style. I mean, again, you know, different people, like different people do different things, different people in this path doing different things. It's, but you always, everything I do is wrapped around, comes out of my, my base is my shamanism and everything flows through that, my relationship with spirit. All right, we'll uh, take one last question here uh, before we wrap it up with you, Chris. Okay. This one is from Joy. Since distance energy, Cindy, has become more important than ever since COVID, do you have mm -hmm. any tips? Um, I know it works. <laughs> you know, it did, I mean, you know, people have prayer circles, you know, and, and send, you know, and they've proven that it works. This has been, you know, scientifically, people, have, you know, they've figured it out. This is sending this energy to people. Um, I think it's just to stay. It's like anytime. It's not an easy thing to do. You have to stay very focused. Um, do the hollow bone thing. You know, the, the, the hollow bone at the end of that, it's talking about sending energy to people. Well, that's what you're doing in this thing. So you got to be very locked on to, and you have that person very defined in your mind. You know, have a very nice picture of them in your mind. That you're sending it to, um, so they know. And spirit knows where you know your guides know where to deliver it, and their guide or their guide needs is ready to receive it. Does your recipient need to be open? Do they need to know you're going to be helping them? Or um, no, um, it, was, it would work. It would probably work a little bit better than you, but you know some people are resistant to it, even though they really need it. So there's way, you know, it's just going to, won't, they won't absorb it as well, if at all. So what you do then, you picture, you know, you picture their guide. They may not know what their guide looks like, but you put that in your mind, this person's guide. And everybody's got guides, whether they know it or not. And you send the energy to the guide and let the guide deal with it. That's what you do. It's, that's the It's an ethical thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you figure that they're friends of yours or something like they're a family, I'm sure that's okay. I mean, but if you feel resistance, then you would move the focus onto the guide. Okay. So resisting it. Mm -hmm. Good question. All right. Well, Chris, we are at the end of our hour, if you can believe that. It's I know, kind man. It's by here. It was by quick. <laughs> I know. We always, always have the best time here. Yeah, absolutely. So... Get Chris's book, Shock and Awe. Yeah. The uh, the link is down in the, in the description here on YouTube for those that are watching the uh, YouTube live stream, for those listening to the podcast later. Uh, you can find this out on Amazon. Yep. Um, it, and I know Alina's probably going to throw the uh, link down in the chat yeah. here again. It's, if you just, if you just um, search Coyote Chris Sutton, it'll come up, come right up. Yep, yep. Shock and Awe, Coyote Chris Sutton. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, how can everybody find you, Chris? Okay. Um, I have a website, www.coyotechris.com, which includes um, I'd like a welcome and then my um, bio, what I do, um, my merchandise store, contact information. Um, I got new t shirts out that are really entertaining looking. <laughs> okay. I love them. <laughs> a great artist, a friend of mine, and he's a, he's a policeman in London, England, who made that for me. Just if you know, it's, it's just it's just I just like it. It's just it's a cool caricature. So um, it's it's something I really enjoy. And I've got coffee mugs now. Gosh, I'm getting so commercial. It's ridiculous. There you go. Um, you know, I, I listen to people. I 
you know, tell me I need to merchandise a little bit, so I do. Plus, it gives you more stuff to sell at the events, so that offsets any cost, so that's a cool thing. Um, I'm on Facebook at Christopher Sutton, and you'll see me in the picture with a headband on, I think, or something like that, but you'll see it's me. Uh, <laughs> Coyote Chris Sutton on my like page, uh, Twitter at Christopher at sorry at Coyote Chris S. That's the same for Instagram. Um, I have an IMDb page. Um, I'm Christopher Sutton. I mean, I'm Chris Sutton twenty three. There are twenty two other Chris Suttons in that thing. Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's my pictures there, so I'm one of the few ones with a picture. So, um, so yeah, that was a, a lark thing I got to this year. Um, this coming Saturday, I'll be at, at it's raining Zen for a book signing. Um, hopefully, I have enough books, um, but I'm not, you know, it's still nasty out there. I'm to get a big rush. You just never know about those things, Mike. You know, it's like right. you know, two people might show up and 100 people might. You just you have no idea. I don't think 100 people might show up, but um, I know a few people are. So, but yeah, I'm gonna be doing that. Um, I got an event at the Shanley Hotel in New York at the end of March. Um, I'm represented by Flumeri Promotions, and so if you go to flumeripromotions.com, you can get tickets to that and some of the other stuff I'm doing. Otherwise, on my Facebook, on my on my website, it's got on my um, calendar on there where I'm going and doing stuff like that. And usually, awesome. like, you know, a lot of places I'm at, you'll see Mike too. So, yeah, yeah, sometimes uh, we cross paths. So, <laughs> we have done a lot of events together here yeah. in the last few years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully these events will start kicking back up here uh, pretty soon. I know you got some things uh, going on, and I do as well. So yeah. hopefully, you know, some of those we'll we'll see each other at. Cause yeah, I don't see you often enough these days, brother. I know, man. But you know, it's kind of the way of the world these days. We'll we'll, we'll get it all back together, and um, we will. And it'll, it'll all start happening again. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you got a lot of stuff, different stuff going on too. And so it's like, but that's part of the that's part of the deal. You should always be evolving and doing different things, and. Um, um, you know, do the best you can to get out there and, and use your medicine. You know, you got your medicine. I got mine. Victoria's got hers. Yep. And um, how we help people. So that's that's what's that's what's most important. Absolutely. All right, my friend. You take care. You have a great night. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Love you guys. Yeah. Bye, Chris. Bye, Victoria. Thank you, Chris. Baseball stadium. That's right. <laughs>